guys, it's Mike Crockett from the Wrestling po- Wait, am I still from the Wrestling Podcast about nothing? I guess so. I hope everyone out there is doing well. Well, as you know, we effectively canceled the WPAN at episode 200. And in the week since, they've gone ahead and canceled just about everything else fun you can do. So I thought, the people are thirsty for entertainment. They got nowhere to go. So what can we do to try to help them out? So here it is. WPAN the interviews. Every Monday, well, sure, let's let's say every Monday, we'll be bringing you the best interviews from the four-year history of the podcast. Somewhat remastered and in their entirety. And there's no better way to start than with the man then known as Warbeard Hansen. It was 2016, and he had one Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship title reign under his belt, along with Ray Rowe, of course, and the tag team known as War Machine. One tour of Japan to their name, but they were on the cusp of taking New Japan Pro Wrestling by storm. But this story starts way back in the early 2000s in the New England Independence. And what a story it is, folks. We did this one in two parts originally on the podcast, but here it is, stitched back together again, all there, everything, from June of 2016, it's Warbeard Hansen, better known now as Ivar of WWE's Viking Raiders on WPAN, The Interviews. All right, so Brian, we are here with our very special guest. and They're all special, Mike. They're, they're, all, they're special. all This one's very super special. This guy that we're about to uh, interview here is an international, bona fide international wrestling superstar. I saw that on Twitter. A great international wrestling superstar. <laughs> I like that. A little Mel Simons. It's there perfect. You go. Uh, yes, he is uh, the man. He's one half of War Machine. He is a Ring of Honor superstar. And a longtime close personal friend of uh, both of us, you'd say? I, I, would, I would say so, yes. We know him by many names. I don't know if we can get into all. It's, of it's right about now. The, for for people here who are only familiar with the Ring of Honor work of this man. It's gonna get real, real weird for you. <laughs> it's gonna get. It's gonna feel like you're gonna think I'm hitting on this man. Whoa! The entire time. All right, let's let's get right into it then. He's known internationally as as Brian said as Hanson Warbeard Hanson. Welcome. Well, thank you. What what an introduction. <laughs> and uh, I I'm sure I will the entire night call you. Handsome. Perfectly okay. Or by your, your first name, are we allowed to use that name? Sure. Warbeard? This is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is it hyphenated? Is it, is, is it two separate? Is War your first name, Beard your middle name? Or um, So I never made this decision. Uh, right. People ask me all the time, and it doesn't really matter to me either way, but people like, have made the decision for me, and they put the words together, Warbeard, and the W and the B are capitalized. See, I got this right now. Now, when I was booking Chaotic and running the writing the stuff for the Chaotic website, yes. I, that's how I would always do it. And then I see other people always lowercase the B. And I was like, I'm pretty sure the B is capitalized. I lowercase the B. You piece of garbage. <laughs> you probably edited my stuff. <laughs> all right, so we're going to get into all of it here. We've uh, known this gentleman for, for many, many years. When did you first meet the illustrious Warbeard? Oh, boy. Uh, well, <laughs> this is a good one. The first time I ever laid eyes on this man, uh, he was uh, handsome. He didn't look like this. He did not look like this. Fresh-faced, probably, you know, 18, 17, 19 years old, somewhere in there. 
And uh, I had gone to a to a wrestling show to meet the promoter and get booked. And this man uh, was in the ring. Uh, he's known as Handsome Johnny Handsome Johnny Blue. Yeah, more than, more than likely, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so he was changing he was changing oh, his no. name that oh, night. No. It, was, it, was, no. it was the Wrestleplex, Wrestleplex <laughs> yes. in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. And uh, I believe you were changing your name to Handsome Todd Hansen. Uh, I was. There were trash bags <laughs> on the wall. Let's yeah. not forget that. And uh, so he he, uh, he makes this big proclamation. This is like big news. This kid here you know big proclamation and i think like one person goes like wow or something like yeah. that like just getting mocked <laughs> it's mucko's favorite thing in the world <laughs> it's it, i mean i was still very i was very green in my I, I think maybe i had worked three or four shows total in my entire life All for tony atlas i'm sure yes probably and uh and i was in the audience uh dying laughing at this so i assume then like the show after that the wrestleplex is the one where you gave tj richter the biggest wedgie <laughs> in the history of the universe it sure is because as, as, as maybe todd will uh, elaborate on as well uh being a being a bigger guy uh, especially at this point in time where uh we did we look like uh we didn't know a guy named jim uh, they just assume because you're fat that you're also strong yes that's an assumption that's, well, the that's, that's the pro wrestling assumption right that's the, that's the rule <laughs> i hate to uh break the uh the fourth wall if you will for all the fans out there but just because you're fat doesn't mean you're strong so you you gorilla pressed tj richter and <laughs> oh yeah wedgie city just pulled. Well, you, you pulled the back of his trunk <laughs> yes. yes because i couldn't physically lift him i mean he and he weighed all of like 130 pounds but i'd never lifted a weight in my life i was this big fat 400 pound piece of garbage who like didn't i didn't know anything and i didn't never lifted a weight and i was probably smoking a two packs of cigarettes on the way there Love a good ciggy butt Hey, you're big. You can grill oppress me. Okay. But these, are, these are the first run-ins I had with uh, with this man here. Right. I think I met – the first thing that sticks out to mind is the PAL Hall. I wasn't even on the show. I only done a couple of shows there in uh, Fall River, the hometown of Ring of Honor, Ring announcer Bobby Cruz, uh, <laughs> Fall River. Two episodes in a row. Yes. And um, I remember seeing you there with your hat backwards, your bleach blonde hair sticking out of your hat, your mutton chops – I think you were there uh, with uh, like a VHS tape to deliver to yeah <laughs> to the promoter of uh, Top I'm, Rope. Oh, well, I'm pretty sure it was Yankee Pro at the time. Okay, probably. Uh, yeah. And Bo and I, Bo brought me there to try to get booked. So yeah, had the VHS tape and uh, never got booked. Bo Douglas, <laughs> back home, Bo Douglas. Bo knows they were an illustrious tag team. I don't know if you know this, Michael. That's what I heard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. through the years. Yeah. So I mean, we, we really, me and you, are really. I think we started a little bit different times, but essentially have come up together in in the in this business. I'd uh, say yeah, hundred percent. I would say between. I would say between, and I'm assuming it's it's close, if not still for you. Uh, there's nobody between class and then actual show matches that I've been in the ring with more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I joke that uh, that we could go in the ring, not say anything before the match, not speak to each other while we're in the ring wrestling. And still have a, a great match because we know each other so well. There's yep. no surprises. Right. So what do you think? Where the handsome character came from? Where did you get the uh, the handsome Johnny slash handsome Todd Hansen character? Where did that originate? I'm pretty sure it was Vinny Capelli. Oh, all right. Another another luminary makes his uh, appearance. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can't remember exactly where we were, but he thought it would be a great idea for me to do because i had the mutton chops right to to call myself handsome johnny because i wasn't handsome that's the joke wait a minute yeah i i know i know you're a baby-faced fella and i would i would take my thumb and i wish there was video for the for the listeners and slide it down the mutton chop and 
And lick it? Ooh. And lick the thumb and, 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 and wiggle my fingers, yeah. That's perverse. That was the big, you know, the, the end of the promo, Handsome Johnny and then the lick. <laughs> so uh, th- that was his idea originally. And Todd Hansen, at yes. the same time, was Pat Doyle's idea. Okay. Patrick J. Doyle. Yes. That's uh, amazing. I don't, I, don't know who, I don't know who Patrick Doyle is. He was like the TV guy for uh, Tony Rumble. And then after that, Damarati for uh, Millennium Wrestling. Yeah, he uh, is the one who runs the TV studio in Melrose. Uh, all right, that makes a little more sense now. Yeah. And his idea was, was Hanson, just because I, I reminded them of a big Stan Hanson. Well, yeah, it's so funny because you're, you're, I think the handsome character, which I think everybody who you're friends with and everybody who knows you, I mean, still, the Warbeard stuff for us is like completely like, oh, this is still pretty new for me to see you like this and wrestle yeah. like this and the gear you wear and everything because for the first however many years you were handsome johnny and then the duke of elegance for, for a little bit but we'll get into that but yeah, well, it took a long time to get to this point and we'll right. get to all of it <laughs> right you were over you were an overnight success in 15 years <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's amazing now your first appearance with chaotic wrestling how did that come about i know there was a lot of management was a little lukewarm let's just say before um there are a lot more owners for chaotic than there are now yeah so um i wrestled my first match february 15th of 2012 for nwa new england 2002 oh thanks 2002 oh, yeah right. yeah that's a lot of that's a <laughs> thanks thanks for the fix up there get, that's no worries. worries 2000 february 15 2002 in malden uh, Italian Veterans Club. I wrestled Tiger Mulligan. And uh, Pants and Mucko had just started booking for Chaotic. Uh, and Todd were... Fat Pants Sinclair, Ring of Honor uh, yes. referee, senior official. Yep. And uh, Mucko. And Mucko. <laughs> and and, 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 <laughs> and uh, they actually went to that show just to watch and pretty much, uh, I hope we can swear about shit on Go for it, yeah. <laughs> the terrible yeah. professional wrestling that they were about to see. And um, that was their, that's what they did. They, they heckled. Especially Mucko. Mucko heckled. Right. He loved it. And, um, so they, they watched the show, and, and I had my match. And Mucko actually remembered me from uh, working at KB Toys. He'd come in, and so he actually <laughs> – wrestling figures. Yeah, so he actually knew – he knew – uh, nice, He had to be nice to him. Maybe he'd give him the store discount. Uh, of, of course. <laughs> but um, – and the way, the way Pan describes it is after the match, they looked at each other and said, that wasn't that bad. And then they decided they wanted to book me. But they had no way to get in touch with me. So they went to the NEI. Uh, <laughs> New England Independent is a message it's board. Really, yeah, the first like website wrestling message board for this area that I remember. I'm yeah. sure there may have been yeah. others, but so they went there to try to find me, and they thought I was uh, uh, NW New England uh, official Scott W. Allers's son. So they were trying to find me uh, that way, and they, they couldn't find me. And there was no Facebook or or there was no Google really for that matter at that point in time. So they really had no way to find me. And I had a friend who I did backyard wrestling with who actually went to the CTC, the Catholic Training Center, and um, for a very short period of time. But when he was there, uh, that was when Gary McCapetta came in and, and did the, the whole thing with his book. He was trying to sell his book, right. and he read some of it to the class or whatever. Uh, and it was open to everybody. So my friend told me I should come just to check it out. So I came and Pant saw me and, and booked me for the show. Um, that's a funny story. Were you there for that, Malone? I was. I was like, can we stop and tell the hilarious story that <laughs> yes. happened during this 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 event? Uh, well, I, uh, Todd's the guest, so I'll let him. All I'll right. let him tell the story, and 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 it'll take the heat off of me, and he can have the heat. <laughs> so so there are these wooden 
uh, benches. <laughs> like, have you ever seen like a you ever seen like a picnic table that has like they don't have the benches that are connected; they have the benches that pull out. So, just giving you the kind of people listening, yeah, like, there's an no idea. back of the bench. It's just the seating, and it was it was uh, brown, whatever. They pull all the seats up so everybody can, can go around uh, or sit around uh, Gary Malcapetta while he talked. And um, <laughs> in the middle of it, might have been in the middle of a heated story of the Undertaker trying to kill somebody. Um, <laughs> it was uh, Coach Coach Mike Hollow and Lemonhead. We called him Lemonhead. Yeah. Mark Mark moment from Maine. Everybody knows who he is. Um, they were sitting on the bench, and the side that Lemonhead was on just <laughs> randomly completely collapsed. It gave out, <laughs> and he, he wasn't he wasn't a fact. He, yeah, was, yeah. he was he was no. like a, he was chubby or whatever, but like not like obese. There was, there's or no reason for this thing to fail at this particular <laughs> moment, but it, it just it crumbled underneath them, and he falls to the floor. And Hollow stayed on the bench, but he couldn't sit on it, so he's trying to be respectful. So he's literally in a squat sit, like a like a catcher's like <laughs> squat. And it wasn't for like it wasn't for like a minute or two either. No. Like it was for like a good little bit while Gary Malcapetta fit. I think it was like right before like break, and like Hollow was pissed at Lemonhead. <laughs> like he like like this kid did anything wrong. <laughs> it's just a really freaking funny story. Uh, and he just re- Hollow just really wanted to no sell it and act like nothing right. ever happened. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like <laughs> just which you know he wanted to be respectful because the guy's here reading his book and that, but hilarious. It was it was so fantastically wonderful. So I anyway to to continue, right. I so Pants booked me. Uh I went to the show and um I think it was like Ben Lentini or, or somebody. They saw me and they were shocked at the atrocity <laughs> that they saw in front of them because I wasn't – just like Malone said, I wasn't in good shape. I had n- never really been to a gym before. I was just a – I like professional wrestling, and I was trying to be a professional wrestler. That's what stuff you want. So, we, so just to kind of give, again, people at home, the, the way the chaotic was set up was – the owner now is Jamie Jamikowski, and but at that point there was like five or six owners. All of them connect. And Mark Douglas. And Mark Douglas, yes. Uh, he doesn't like to be mentioned, though. He does okay. not like to be mentioned. Sorry about that. But Chaotic at that point was owned by you know five or six guys. One of them being the owner of Chaotic. Um, the only real ones I think though that were quote unquote kind of wrestling guys or wrestling fans was Jamie and Randy. Um, this guy who didn't like you know Todd was. This guy who he's not he wasn't a wrestling guy he had no wrestling sense now he he, was, he had good business sense right but so just again just trying to illustrate the point of like this is not somebody who's like who knows anything about wrestling taking a look at you and evaluating you this is just some guy judging a book by its cover before you ever even get in the ring and friggin' perform exactly so uh, pretty much they told Pants and Mucko that if I sucked that they lost their jobs they weren't booking anymore. They, they, oh, I read that far. I didn't know. I didn't know that. Yeah, I just thought like we'll never use them again. No, no, no. It, it was you know this is on you <laughs> if, if this isn't the turnout. And I might be I might be wrong, but that's what I remember the story being from Pants. You can ask him when he's on your podcast. Oh, I know, of course. I know, I know he wants to be on it. Um, so it was either I, I, obviously I'd be down if I sucked, but I think it was also uh, on them too. So I wrestled Vince Vicalo. Uh, this is in Methuen, Massachusetts. Yeah, right. And Hollow threw a curveball too before the match. Uh, and we, we had to work body parts and I had been training that long, so I didn't really know how to work body part that well. I think you know the story we want to get to here though, <laughs> that you seem to be ducking here, Warbeard. What's that? What happened in your first match before you, the match even started? 
Uh, oh, when I when I when I got there before everybody else. No, no, in the ring with a certain prop. Oh, that was my first match. That wasn't your oh, first that match. Oh, that wasn't your first match. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, guys. Oh, wow. Good, Michael, good, we were relying good, on Michael okay. Crockett, good, the fact. Who's the fact checker of this show? You don't have a Sharpie? I got a. Who is the <laughs> fact checker? <laughs> I got to mark well, this, this off my story, did, though. But I did get into a. Now that I remember it, uh, I got there before everybody else did uh, with my girlfriend at the time, and we got into a car accident directly in front of the Knights of Columbus and Methuen. Like, really? like hours before everybody else got there. Yeah, it, it totaled the other person's car. Um, well, then I'll skip right through this the my my first match story and uh, and go to the next one. But how, how, the, so how, the match went well enough. The match that you were went, able... went well enough. Uh, I, I guess it went. Then they got a stay of execution. <laughs> yeah, well, I, uh, well, Ben Lentini got super excited about it because I was fat and the gimmick and and right. he's gonna come out to some really. Oh, you make fun of you because you're fat. E- e- oh, e- boy. Exactly. Hey, I got a soft spot for that. But <laughs> it, it, but, but it was fine. I, and, and the other thing was too is. Uh, I had just changed my name that promo that you saw to, to Todd Hanson. I didn't want to be Handsome Johnny anymore. That was just that was the joke gimmick uh, for when you know starting to be a professional wrestler. Um, so I was transitioning to Todd Hanson, and I when I saw the booking sheet, I was Handsome Johnny. So I, I didn't put up a stink, but I was like, "Hey, I'm trying to change my name to to Todd Hanson. Right. I, I, I don't want to be pigeon held in this character." And I mean, in retrospect, I should have stuck to my guns. Yeah, <laughs> not, yeah, yeah. not been Hanson you Johnny could, for you got for it done 10 about years. ten years later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Pant said, uh, "You know, we, we we're thinking about maybe putting you in a tag team with Brian Black, and you guys will be Black and Blue because I was Hanson Johnny Blue." So I'm like, oh, they, in my head, I'm like, oh, they want me back. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. But uh, yeah, I ended up having a really good match or a good enough match that they they wanted to keep me and make fun of my obesity. <laughs> That's <laughs> always a good that's time. It's always a good time. So, so it was a second match where the, we're talking about the third, uh, fourth, fourth match. Wow, how come in my head it was your, your first? I appearance? thought it was the first match too. Yeah, right? yeah man, it was, uh, the match with Frankie Armadillo is the one where I went to Target right b- before the event, and I bought a full length mirror, uh, a huge full length mirror, uh, and I was so proud of myself. And I remember being in the aisle and debating. Should I get the the six nine nine one or should I get the twelve nine nine one? Right. Well, obviously, I went with the six nine nine one. Anybody who knows you knows you went with the six nine nine one. The six nine nine one. And you probably made your girlfriend pay for it. <laughs> I, I may have. I may have. I don't. I don't remember. So um, yeah, I was so excited. I got it, and then I had my entrance and came out, and I carried it, you know, all the way around the ring, and I'm looking in it, looking at the fans, whatever. Um, and then I, I slid it gently into the ring. Uh, kind of like Jake Roberts throwing out a snake right into the ring and slid in the middle of the ring. Right. I got in and I was going to uh, pick the the mirror up and put it in the corner and do like a Lex Luger narcissist type stuff. I picked it up from the middle, this six ninety nine full length mirror from Target. And as soon as I grabbed it from the middle and started pulling up, it just shattered in my hands. <laughs> I may or may not have been sitting front row laughing. <laughs> it was quite flimsy. Yes, I was. I was uh, in the ring in the ring for this, and it was a fantastic moment. <laughs> and everyone, you, everyone just sold it perfectly. Just like you were just no, like maybe my memory's fuzzy. Did you like cradle like I did. like a baby I, I almost? Cradled, okay, I yeah, it like a baby. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. I, I we all sold it very very well, but it sold it so well to the point that I, I didn't know it, but they already planned it. By the time I got back to the locker room, I now had a seven-year bad luck gimmick. <laughs> well, it turns out, I mean, literally the luckiest break yeah. 
you've had you had in your career up until that point yeah was very the super much so. breaking because i was just a jobber i was just there to be a jobber and now uh i have a a character um a gimmick and something that i can i can play to so i had like the box of lucky charms for a show i, I bought a horseshoe rabbit foot i had a rabbit foot around my neck <laughs> like it was it was a lot of fun and i really I didn't want to win after that i had such a good time like i had a good role i didn't want to win any matches Eventually, you did. How long was it before you got that first one? I remember it was Tewksbury, right? It, it was in Tewksbury, and I had just shaved my head. Um, I mean, I just wrestled <laughs> D'Lo Brown. Yes. <laughs> where he cut my hair off for a different promotion. Um, <laughs> uh, so that was like May. So it would have been June of 2003. So I don't know. It might have been, been close to a year. Yeah. Probably close to a year I did that gimmick. Yeah. And, it was, and who did you defeat? Uh, finally, it was uh, time for my first win, and it was uh, me and me and Aaron Stevens, who uh, better known as Damian Sandow, oh, to the former WWE superstar. Yes. Todd, did you want to? You dropped the name over there. I don't know if you wanted to pick that up. Uh, no, I'm I'm gonna leave it there. <laughs> That's very nice of you. I'm I'm trying to beat out those people we rode to Vermont with that one time. They're dropping. <laughs> see if I, oh, see, see oh if I, boy! See, oh boy! See if I can get there. Still, yeah, we respect yeah. their anonymity. Uh, we try to keep this like an hour, hour and fifteen minutes. We don't. You don't nearly have enough time to get there. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was it was me and Aaron Stevens. Aaron had just gotten signed, or he was about to get yeah. signed. Um, so he was finishing up with Chaotic. So me and Aaron had the smallest itty bittiest program in the history of professional wrestling. It was two shows. Uh, we wrestled that first match, and I got my first win. But like, even though you were you had a spot, you had a gimmick, you were you were going along, you had something to do. Management like uh, still wasn't really. Sold. I, I remember a time, and we're not we're not burying Kyoto. Uh, the guys that were involved in this are all yeah, long they're all gone. long gone at this right. point. But like, uh, I remember a time where you were pants and Mucka wanted you to win the New England title at a, at a Cole Fury. Cole Fury is we, we were going, yeah, we were going into Cole Fury three. Right. Yeah, at the time, I mean, those people from Maine were doing that uh, like newsletter thing. Okay, yeah, you remember that? Uh, I, I don't want to say I was the most over guy on the roster, but I was pretty over. Uh, for that time, would we agree? And for I mean, and, and there are going to be people listening to this, you know, that that aren't really familiar with Chaotic Wrestling. Chaotic Wrestling's promotion, where for over ten years, you would say we ran in the same building yeah. every three weeks, you know, for a decade. So this wasn't just like random spot indie shows. These were like the same people we were performing in front of month after month after month. So when Todd's saying he's over, like he really was, because these people. Knew him. We're familiar with the stories, so it wasn't just like spot indie shows. Just want to, you know, put that out there. Yeah, right. So yeah, I was I was I was kind of the most over guy or, or most popular somewhere in the, in that in that area. And uh, going into Cold Fury three, Wait, Arch, were you going were you going to cite the Cold Fury newsletter for the for their most popular rankings? Is yes, that what you're going to do? Yep. Okay, yeah, it was. <laughs> but, but yeah, that was coming out, and they kept voting me as the the most popular. Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I yes, I was. Okay, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> to get Tudor's own home for a <laughs> yeah. moment. Yeah, I still have those saved in the, a bin at my house. Yep. Perfect. Yeah, most popular. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so yeah, going to the Cold Arch Kincaid was the New England champion, mm-hmm. and we did like a little teeny program. And it was going to culminate in me winning the New England Championship at Cold Fury. And uh, Pants already told me. And then I, I don't know if it was the day of or a day before. Pants emailed me and just a long uh, apologetic email saying, I'm sorry. Uh, they won't let us put the title on you. you. They say you have to get in better shape, get new gear. 
uh, get it better tan, so on and so forth. So I wasn't allowed to win the title. And this is a, this was kind of the 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 song and dance for you for a long time, just so you have to keep getting uh, better shape. Nope, that's uh, not a long time, my entire career. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I will say this now. So coming out of this, a lot of people take those type of situations and they become crybabies about it and they just play victim. I mean, going to... I, well, the thing here, the thing that I want, want, I would love to hear you talk about because I don't know how many podcasts you've done or whatever, if you've ever even gone into these sorts of things for people to hear. But your stories of waking up obscenely early in the morning, taking multiple trains, begging people for rides, <laughs> as funny as it sounds, literally having no money, and we we'd go out to eat, and and you're pinching pennies, and you're just to survive. You're having guys at Fuddruckers bring you vegetables to eat because you, but things like, but these, well, they're kind of funny, but at the same time, it just goes, I, I want you to talk about the links that you went to from that moment being kind of a low, you know, the, Hey, you're too fat to do this. And all the bullshit you kind of went through and did to get yourself to a point where, you know, and, and I think we're going to segue in here to Todd being the top guy in chaotic, right? And then getting on WWE's radar. So I, I would love to hear you talk about you know that, like what the 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 road there. Yeah. So that's what I was told I had to do to become the New England champion. So that's what I decided I had to do. So um, the person I went to was Arch Kincaid because Arch uh, was a personal trainer. But you were feuding at the time. How did the hell? What were you doing? Do? Do? Wait a minute. <laughs> so Arch, uh, Arch, like he he literally, uh, as long as I can make it to uh, Brighton, uh, where he did the uh, the training, I could go there, and he he would train me for free in between clients. So he's the one who taught me how to work out. Um, and I don't remember how long I was there with him, but it was enough to learn how to eat right, learn how to you know go to the gym and, and uh, be productive at the gym. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I and, lo- and I, learn how to paint your body, like, yes. like he did. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Just and, a and, dark and deep ma- tan, and make uh, utensils to shave your back. <laughs> uh, crazy arch. So uh, all of a sudden, I end up losing my license. My car was all beat up. I couldn't afford to get a sticker. I kept getting pulled over because I didn't have a, a sticker that was valid. And I got so many tickets that it added up, and I lost my license. Wasn't this the car where you were sealed, the, the roof was falling into? The, the... Uh, well, I, I had three that all did that. Okay, all right. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that car. <laughs> I had three that all did that. Um, yeah, so at, at that point, I was, work, I, was, I was living in Lynn, Mass. Uh, I was working at Undercover Wear in Tewksbury, and I had to wake up. I don't know. It was like 4.30 in the morning. I had to walk a mile to the train station, uh, take a train from Lynn to Boston, Boston to North Larica, and then hop on a bike that I had locked up there that uh, Max Bauer gave me, uh, Axel Keegan. Yes, former Mickey Keegan. WWE M- NXT Mickey, superstar. Thank you guys. Um, and I unlocked that, and I, I drive my bike four, uh, four and a half miles to Gold's Gym where <laughs> I would shower. You thought he was going straight to work, folks, didn't you? No. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would I would take the bike to work, and then after work I would ride the bike to that gold gym. I would do a workout, uh, ride the bike to the train station, uh, hop on that train, go to Boston, or or on Tuesdays and Thursday nights. Yeah, uh, I'll get there. <laughs> so yeah, I, I would go to uh, I didn't get to Boston. It'd be an hour like layover in Boston. I wouldn't get home. I'd be walking home at like ten thirty at night. Uh, which was not safe in Lynn. Not safe <laughs> at all. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, it was uh, wrestling class uh, at the Cata Training Center. So usually Tommaso would – usually it was Tommaso would pick me up um, 
at Undercover Wear, we'd go to Bally's, uh, where he had a membership, and we'd sneak me in. I don't know how we did it for so long without getting in trouble. They eventually got caught us and <laughs> weren't allowed to, but we would go there, we'd do a workout. Me and Tommaso would do a workout, and then we'd do class. We'd get there early, uh, wrestle for however long we, we, we were there, go through Hollow's crazy workouts, and then- <laughs> 500 squats. Um, Maybe go to the 99 afterwards and get home 11 o'clock at night and start the whole trip over again. But this is just for like a couple of weeks, right? <laughs> no, it was it was for over a year. It was, it, God, I, I don't know exactly how long, but it was definitely over a year because the license was suspended for at least a year. I, I, and the reason why you tell is because I, I think us being now now it's so funny that we've even Mike now, though he's on an extended hiatus from yes. the uh, from the wrestling business, but. I think me and you, Todd, being around locker rooms and stuff, we hear a lot of excuses about these guys who've been around for f- kind of a very short period of time, and the, and they don't understand like there's a there are guys like you who wanted this so goddamn bad that every day for over a year on four or five hours sleep. This is what you would go through just to go to work and be able to train at wrestling and get yourself in shape and then work shows on the weekends. And, like, yeah, I think that's a good lesson for anybody listening who may want to be a wrestler or just like if you're somebody who's a fan of yours or watching you, you know, understand like what the hell this guy did to get just to get to the point where you can perform, yeah, you know, on a national and international scale right now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's just uh, it, y- your story is kind of one of uh, like roadblocks and setbacks and just uh, persevering. So let's go to a time where you were able to get past one of those roadblocks and become the chaotic wrestling heavyweight champion, not of the world. <laughs> I, I, adult would be very upset if I talked about. That. It, it was funny because uh, we had a nickname for me back then. It was it was homeless Johnny. <laughs> it sure was. <laughs> Well, we're we're kind of dickheads. <laughs> it, it's right. It was it was with love. Because yes. um, I, I would I was doing all the walking and traveling, and I was never home, and it was trying to get from point A to point B, and I had my fanny pack with change in it that I'd buy food with. Um, <laughs> filled filled with always cord- plenty of gum though. <laughs> yes, <laughs> trident <laughs> gum. Um, in my my silver bag, I called it my bag of life because I had to have it on me at all times. A giant duffel bag that I carried everywhere, and. Um, I was the Chaotic Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, but if any of these fans in Lowell just looked out their window, they'd probably see me walking down the street. <laughs> or they went North. to North Station in Boston. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a nice homeless boy. I used to sleep on the ground at North Station. I used to give you shit. I was like, you should just put a cup out while you <laughs> sleep and get, I, make some money. I should have. So, so how did you get to the point where, I mean, we talked about management kind of sour on you, like getting a title. How did it get to the point where you won the Chaotic title? Uh, well, first off, a couple like Ben Lentini was gone at this point. Okay. So I didn't have to worry about that anymore. But I also had uh, done uh, so much, I don't know, growth, I guess, uh, with uh, personal growth, not HGH. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. Uh, yeah, I got in such uh, so much better shape. I, I had a complete body transformation in comparison to the way that I did look. Um, the new gear, the the tan. Uh, you, you shaved your face clean. Yeah, it, you were handsome. I, I I was. I had finally transformed <laughs> to actually uh, appear like my gimmick. Yes, I was. I was a handsome young man. Um, and I don't know. I just. I feel like uh, I proved 
that I I earned the opportunity to be the heavyweight champion. And, and I remember I remember a class sometimes because I know you were trying to cut weight, and I, I don't quite remember the whole time period. But I literally remember Mike Hollow yelling at you, two fifty. 250, 250 as we're like running ropes or doing squats to like <laughs> try to motivate you to get your weight. Cause I think WWE gave you like that hard number, did they not? When they, when you were doing darks? Uh, 62240. Yeah. So, so I, I just remember, I just remember those kinds of hollow, you hitting the ropes and hollow just like, yeah, 250, which was, it was motivating you. Yeah. I'm, that's not like me. I'm not criticizing Mike. That he was, yeah, that yeah, was no. Mike trying to pull the best out of you. Right. We'll get to the WWE stuff in just a second, but I remember it was a, a pretty big moment for you and for, Pants and Mucko after after you won that title, just it, it kind of felt just like uh, the culmination of something that you yeah, worked yeah, towards for a long got, time. Got goosebumps, however <laughs> weird that is. But yeah, it, yeah. it was because uh, right at the beginning we were we, we were shit on right at the beginning. As right. no, I'm I'm nobody. I shouldn't be here. And it took I don't know two, three, four years. I don't know how long it took, but it took a while. But finally, winning the title, it it meant so much because we had we together had overcome so much and and uh it <laughs> i think we we posted that picture and said this is this yes, is for me yes <laughs> yep you did yeah just we were told no and and i didn't give up and they didn't give up their faith in me and then uh to finally get the the heavyweight title it, it meant so much more than i, I thought it would mean and, right and i i knew it was going to mean something to me because it was the first thing i earned but i didn't like i i really earned that yeah and people say titles are props and they're meaningless but i mean something like that after everything you had been through it's right this is not like just your run-of-the-mill like you know there are guys that come into wrestling schools who are just they walk in there they look great they get trained and then every promotion they go, go to put a belt on them and, da, 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 da. and this is a guy who the owners of the time of the company literally shit on your life and rather than crumbling, you use it as motivation and busted your ass harder than almost anybody, probably harder than anybody I've ever, I've ever come across and, and know their personal story. Uh, I mean, this is your story is very similar to me to the from Mick Foley's book. Him talking about sleeping in his car and was he eating potatoes or something like. But like, yeah. but like it's that type of story yeah. where I. Like a lot of these guys, you know, not there's not a lot of guys that have that sort of story anymore that persevere through that. So and you have the similar backyard videos as well. To, uh, <laughs> to <come laughs> that, that I do. <laughs> so yeah, we talk about WWE around this time. Maybe it would have been a little bit before, but you started getting opportunities to go to WWE. Um, what did, Mike? What come your, on, that was last episode, man. Oh yeah, sorry, <laughs> episode or oh, two episodes ago. Episode six. I'm yeah. just kidding. That was our experiences. Um, so. What are your best memories about being backstage at WWE? Oh Jesus! <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> this could be a, a two-part episode just on this stuff. We did talk about two episodes ago because I'm sure you. I'm sure. I, I I'm, was, sure I'm, sure, I'm sure Todd listened. Oh, he so, did. He well, did. Oh, I, I did not listen. I will throw what? that out there. But Fat Pants did, and he told me all about it this weekend. And you guys discussed the Goldberg spot. Yes. <laughs> yes, and we Pants did. Pants was all upset because you guys didn't mention him. He was he was security. I wasn't part of that. Him, spot. Oh, he walked. He walked. H- him and Tony to Omega the- were security, and then we were all sitting in, as fans. The fact checker of this show is going to be fired. <laughs> yes. And and he was uh, a little upset because you guys did not mention uh, my Goldberg T-shirt story. Oh, uh, the that, yeah. I, I thought about that. I didn't get into it though. Because because yeah. I was given a T-shirt, a, a gold. Because I was the one front and center. 
so I was given the Goldberg T-shirt. Right. It was a brand new Goldberg T-shirt. They wanted to sell it, obviously, so I had to have it on there. And uh, Goldberg saw me in the back wearing the shirt, and he asked me if I liked it. I said no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard this story. It was in catering. Yes, it was <laughs> yeah, 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 it was in catering. And Goldberg asked me if I liked the shirt. <laughs> and I remember pausing in my head for a second like, what do I say? Because I did not like the shirt. They had this weird, like his tattoo symbol was like. But there was this hole in the middle of it for some strange reason, I think. Yeah, yeah. it was It was really, but it, but it was up by the throat in the front. Right. And then his symbol, I didn't, I, that should have been on the back. Oh, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm still critiquing. I still hate the shirt right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I just said, no, I don't like it. And he was like. Like shocked that I actually said no, and he actually asked me what I didn't like about it. And I told him, "But well, I'm surprised he didn't spear me right there." <laughs> that that was your first time. That was my first time. Yeah. Okay. And but I showed up in jean shorts. You did show up in jean shorts. Okay. I did. Yeah, we did talk about I, that. I, 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 I did. <laughs> At least you weren't wearing an HPK shirt. We like may have <laughs> may, we may have alluded to the homeless Johnny persona. <laughs> yes, that episode. That's, that's good. Uh, there are a lot of fond memories of going to TV. Um, and uh, we also talked about Tim White killing himself too. Yeah, that was what. I, <laughs> that wasn't a highlight. Come yeah, on, what yeah. are you talking about? That was a great night because oh, the, the, the actually the people around us was a highlight. The, 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 the big show was amazing. <laughs> you, you walked away. <laughs> that was the same night that um, Hooventu got himself pretty much fired. Yeah, we t- we did get into this yeah. as well, and then I named my cat after him. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, let's talk about the. You had a dark match. Okay, yeah. Uh, so dark match at the Fleet Center. Um, I'm pretty sure that was 2005. Now, uh, you you actually gave me the ticket because you guys went right. I I, I was there. You yeah, were you were in the there. crowd. You gave me the. T- I still have the ticket. Oh, really? Okay. You, you gave me the ticket. Um, yes, yeah, so I wrestled Brian Black, and that. Now the the North Station is right next to the Fleet Center. Were you earlier in the day, kind of just hanging out there, and then you just got into the taking, show, taking a nap? Yeah. I I wish I don't remember. I went to that show. With Luis Ortiz, I think. Okay. I'm I'm pretty sure Louis drove me because Louis was living in Lynn at the time. All pretty right. pretty short. I got a ride. <laughs> so. Oh, there you go. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. So uh, yeah, you the dark match. Yeah. So uh, Brian Black just got signed. Uh, those of you probably don't even remember him, but he was Palmer Cannon, uh, PC on SmackDown. But uh, he had just gotten signed, and he got to pick his opponent that night. The, the really the theme for me getting opportunities to WWE is, is people who knew me gave me the opportunities because <laughs> everybody who saw me wanted nothing to do with me. In WWE. Right, it's, it's uh, with anything else, it's who you know. So uh, yeah, Brian Brian picked me, and we uh, we had a the dark match, the first match of the show, and I remember uh, Malenko was our agent. Malenko, um, he said, uh, you know, don't be nervous, don't be worried. Um, literally, we're just. We're just checking, uh, you know, see how the cameras work and, and stuff like that. So um, not to be concerned or anything. But it, and I wasn't – I don't remember being that nervous, but when we were behind uh, – we were in the gorilla position mm-hmm. behind the Titantron, the Lonely Road of Faith music video played. <laughs> Kid Rock. Famous. Yeah, that, yeah. That, was, that was an awesome video. And to be like backstage gorilla position and to have that play and, and to realize i'm walking down the aisle to wrestle in the ring that you know all these people wrestling in it was that gave me, gave me chills again now it was such a really cool awesome amazing experience and then um i won oh which was even cooler all right and i am still 
undefeated in WWE in pinfall matches, just in case you're curious. Oh, look at that, huh? Pinfall matches. So you've submitted 12 to 13 times? Uh, yeah, twice. <laughs> <laughs> did Turkai, did he make you tap? Yeah, Turkai and uh, Doug Basher made me tap. And they made you bleed too, uh, Turkai, right? I no. think I was there for both of those matches, Doug Basham and Turkai. Ar- no, uh, before the show, uh, Arn busted me open when he was showing <laughs> he was showing Turkai uh, how to be a bully uh, <laughs> while, while he wrestled. And I remember like, he's getting me down and he's showing him, oh, you can just knee him in the shoulder, knee him in the shoulder, knee him in the shoulder. <laughs> and, and meanwhile, he's kneeing me in the shoulder as hard as he can. He goes, and he, he goes to Turkai, but you got that big knee pad on, so it's not going to hurt him at all. Well, Harn didn't have a knee pad on. He just slammed his knee to me. And he did like a, he was just showing him how to, how to do things. And he wasn't telling me what he was doing. He was just doing it to me. Right. And he did like a float over and like mashed my face in the mat and busted my nose open. That was before before the event took place. Yes. And they had to change the canvas, I'm sure, right? Uh, no, because they have a practice canvas. Oh, okay. So it was okay. And then that was actually when I hurt my shoulder too, initially. Uh, badly hurt my shoulder. Really? Uh, yeah, because Turkai is very, very strong. To, you should have threatened to sue them unless they gave you another opportunity. <laughs> oh, I wasn't that smart. I wasn't that Never smart. heard that before. It's a completely original idea. <laughs> so the shoulder injury, was that, was that the first uh, kind of major injury you dealt with? Uh, no. Oh. Well, well, actually, no, the shoulder injury was the first because it bothered me for a long time. It was uh, <sighs> Dory Funk's dojo. He you know, give me forms into the, into my shoulder a million times. It, it gave me a I forgot about shoulder. this. Dory Funk uh, doing a number on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because I body slammed him and he was like 80 at the time. He's <laughs> like 102 now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, so he, he he started warming it up when I wrestled uh, Turkai going over things. Uh, he did some shoot move to me, landed on my shoulder. Uh, so I, I kept hurting my shoulder. I had like bursitis and I had uh, injections in it at, a couple times. Um, so that was bad, but I was able to work through it. The really bad thing uh, for me, the first one was the fractured spine. Right. So, uh, and I worked with that for like three, three and a half years. And I, I remember you thought it, you thought you would have terrible hip pain. I, I remember like because we were riding a lot together. I yeah. don't know. I don't know if that you were living next to me at the time, or but we spent a lot of time together. Yeah. And you were always complaining. You thought it was your hip. You thought your hip was out. You thought your hip was out. Yeah. And then finally, you went to the doctors. Yeah. Well, actually, I went to the doctor originally and just described my pain in primary care. And he's like, "Oh, well, it's probably your hip because of what you do." Probably an issue with the cartilage. You just have to stretch and whatever. So I'm like, okay. And I just kept going and going and going. And that was very harmful for me too because uh, I had gotten in that good shape. Um, and then as that injury uh, progressed over those years, I got in worse and worse shape because, you know, at, when, at the end, before I went to the doctors the, the last time, the, I went right to the orthopedic, um, I couldn't walk down an aisle at the grocery store but without the stop and take a break because the pain was so bad. So Doing the old Terry Funk walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, as people uh, describe it now as the cactus walk. Mm. <laughs> <That's> sad. <laughs> the, the cactus walk on road yeah. trips. Um, yeah, so it, it got that bad. And I thought it was my hip that whole time. And then when I got to the orthopedic and I explained what my pain was, he told me before he even x-rayed me that it was my back, it was my spine, it wasn't my my hip. And I my mind was blown. And we did an x-ray and it showed uh, a fracture on the left side 
and that was it. And then I did the MRI, and I have a fracture on the left, a uh, bigger fracture on the left, and a smaller fracture on the right. Uh, so, and I remember the doctor telling me this, and he was literally shaking because he realized that he was telling me, who's enormous, and he's a really small guy, <laughs> that, that I could no longer wrestle again. <laughs> and he was terrified to tell me that. Um, because yeah, they told you, like, that's, you're done. Yeah. Like, it, he told me I was done. Um, I had, had to go get like injections and stuff, uh, to, to help bring down the, the inflammation inside, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to wrestle again. That's, that's what he told me. Um, so he said that and I was like, all right, um, I'm going to take a year off from wrestling and see if I can fix this somehow. And that was my plan. So I think it was, I don't remember which Cole Fury it was. I think it was 2008, maybe, 2009. You're talking about like when you came back? No, when I was... Or the one you missed? Uh, the one I missed. Wow. Yeah, I want to say... yeah. Uh, I was the Duke. I we was need the, our, we don't, where's our fa- fact checker? Where's our fact checker? We have a, we have a fact checker that's kind of hanging around. So the last match for Chaotic was uh, the tables match in Lawrence, where it was me and uh, my Duchess against... Why would a handsome guy have a Duchess? It was, it was I don't know. Duke, Duke of Elegance. <laughs> oh. Duke of Elegance. And... Uh, Duchess Damon, and we wrestled uh, Tommaso and Max in tables match. Remember that? Crockett? I do remember that. That was right after Cole Fury. I think it was like the show it after. It was show Cole after. Fury. And then I was out until the next Cole Fury when I feuded with Biff. Um, oh. So I took that time off. I want to say it was nine, Cole Fury nine that you missed. So this year is, so we're talking like, yeah, like 2010, 2009, okay. 2010-ish. 2009, 2010. It sounds right. Somewhere in there. Um, yeah. So... I did all my injections, which were crazy because uh, you had to lay on a, uh, like an operating table and the x-ray you and they had this giant needle and they got to stick it into you, but they have to have it x-rayed so they don't, they don't touch anything that's going to paralyze you. So right. That was kind of scary. So I had, I think, four injections and then physical therapy. And when I, the way I left it with the, the spine specialist was he told me it was up to me. I could... I probably shouldn't wrestle anymore, but uh, not that I couldn't. I probably shouldn't, and it was up to me whether I would go back to wrestling or not. So obviously, I chose to come back to wrestling. But when I came back to wrestling, I quickly learned because I went to the school obviously first for a while. I learned that a lot of the things that I did, uh, my offense was what aggravated my back, and it was all things where I landed on my ass. Mm-hmm. So I had to really change the way I wrestled in general. Uh, I did a lot of bulldogs, a lot of leg drops at the top, a lot of regular leg drops, uh, sit down, spine busters, sit down. Power sit, bomb, pretty yeah. Much, yeah, everything I did was a sit down something. So I had to like just edit most of that. And now I barely, now I barely do anything where I have to sit down because I know that will aggravate my, my spine. So yeah, it was like a learning experience to come back, but I came back. So one thing I, we didn't get into, but I think was, is, is actually kind of a cool story, was when at one point you were making inroads with WWE, and Nova, Mike Bucci was... Uh, Simon Dean, yeah. Simon Dean was running it. Um, he kind of was the... Like, had the idea for you to kind of do the gimmick you were you have now. Like, yeah, Talk about did. that for, he, for a he, second. He, he definitely did. And and since then, when I came back and I started doing this character, I've... I've emailed him, uh, you know, messaged him on Facebook and just a couple times just to thank him uh, for all of his help. But yeah, he, he envisioned like a Buzz Sawyer 
um, uh, Doctor Destiny Williams kind of image for me, and I just I wasn't I wasn't feeling it. At right. the time. And he was the guy who said like you know stop trying to be handsome, handsome and pretty yeah. and stuff like that, and just kind of embrace that you're a big rugged freaking guy. Yeah, because like, you didn't. I, and people see the way you move now. People who are familiar with you listening to this, like you, you obviously don't move like a guy your size, but you wrestle your size much more now than than the way you used to we used to have matches i mean it was it should have been bigger guy bigger you know big guy bigger guy but we wrestled big guy little guy but that's kind of the style you wrestled you threw yourself around you were able to do these athletic things and you you could do them so you wanted to do them like the mistake we all make right the, <laughs> you know you, you love mr perfect so you you'd take, do a lot of mr mm-hmm. perfect type bumps yeah. And uh, yeah, that was probably wasn't good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Not in those chaotic rings, no. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Nova. There was Nova's uh, an initial kind of idea, like when he envisioned when he saw me, which is kind of cool. Like it's yeah. kind of a cool. I mean, it isn't. It isn't like because you obviously didn't. You didn't take the advice because you were resistant at that point. But ultimately, it's what you know. It's what your your success has been. And it was hard worth. too. Uh, not to blame anybody else because I, I definitely I wasn't I wasn't really feeling it either. But. Um, None of the promotions around here would book me into anything but Handsome Johnny. So uh, it was really difficult to be able to uh, figure out that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, it's a big – when somebody says to you, hey, I want to change – you think you should change everything you've ever been. That's a tough pill to swallow. Right. Yeah. And it, and it took another, like, uh, injury for you to go away again and, yeah. and really uh, reinvent yourself. Yeah, it did. So what was what, what it? There's the shoulder this time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, finally uh, the shoulder just gave out on me. Um, and you've been working with that show since Tur- Turkai, which was Turkai, 2006. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I I wrestled Brandon in the cage and, and it, Brandon Locke. Brandon Locke. Yeah, it really it really sucked because uh, um, I, I had so many failures at WWE and so many. You know when Johnny Ace, you know, says you're a fat RVD or whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so many opportunities with them that they just that door shut my face, door shut my face. Uh, I did that like all Japan tryout with Dory, door shut my face, too heavy with Nova. Nova, Nova gave me and Tommaso both two tasks. He wanted Tommaso to go to Harley's to train, and he wanted me to go to Puerto Rico. Um, so he got Tommaso in touch with Harley to go to Harley's, and he got me in touch with uh, Bushwhacker Luke to go to Puerto Rico. And Bushwhacker Luke gave me the same exact thing that everybody else gave me. It's, it's, you're great. Just get in better shape. So that fell through. And I'm pretty sure because Tommaso went to Harley's and got signed. Right. He gets right. Tommaso got signed before he ever yeah be- before be- he ever because left. he went. I'm pretty sure if Bushwhacker Luke had just said, "Yeah, I'll take you," I would have got signed there. I I, I actually. I fully believe that as yeah, well. Yeah, that that's that's what it felt like. But I so anyway, I had so many doors shut in my face. Uh, finally, I'm back from the back injury. I'm, I'm doing the chaotic thing again. I just won the chaotic wrestling heavyweight title. I had a really good match with Tommaso in Lowell. Mm-hmm. Like we had that face face promo. Yeah, there, there's uh, a YouTube video that YouTube uh, video that Harry it's, Aaron it's, did. It's, yeah, Tansen versus uh, versus Tommaso. Yeah, and uh, people from Ring of Honor actually saw that. And there was a little bit of an interest in me right there. And so I, I wrestled Brandon uh, in the cage. For NECW? NECW mm-hmm. uh, or PWF. I don't know what they were at the time. Oh, okay. I think PWF. Oh, okay. And um, I landed on my shoulder bad and I tore out my whole labrum. It just kept popping. My shoulder kept popping out, popping out, popping out. Um, I'm like, oh, 
I'm screwed. And my dad was actually at that show and he drove me to the hospital that night. And I'm literally getting texts from Tommaso and from Bob Evans, like talking to me about people from Ring of Honor who, who are, are interested. And I'm like, I'm on my way to the hospital with my shoulder. <laughs> like, oh Brutal. my God. Yeah. So, um, I, I didn't, like, I thought it just popped out. I didn't know what the actual problem was. And insurance is suck because they made me do physical therapy for like two months. Yeah, they don't want to pay. They don't want to yeah. pay for surgery. Yeah, before they even did an MRI, and I did the MRI, and the MRI didn't show anything. <laughs> so when I had shoulder surgery for this, um, he went in to like shave down a bone spur in the back of my shoulder and remove my AC joint. But he told me right before we went in. Uh, that he was going to look at where my labrum connects to my bicep because that's where I was complaining of all my pain. And uh, he just wanted to see what it looked like before he did anything. So he opened it up and my labrum, over 50% of the front of my labrum was torn. Um, that's all he did. He just that's said, bad? Yeah, that's bad. Okay. That's bad. Uh, and I guess the front's worse than the back. Uh, I don't know why. That's what I was told. And uh, he just sewed that up. He didn't even do the other surgery. He just sewed that up. That was it. So the original surgery would have kept me out for three months. This one, when I woke up and I was, <laughs> so there's got like a, 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 at least among our group, a famous picture of you sitting in the hospital, all oh. drugged up. Yeah, and yeah. Like. Sh- Sharif thought that was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those things that you look at now, like yeah. oh, yeah. shit. This is how far I've come. Yeah, yeah. Sh- Shri was there. My girlfriend was there with me in the. Uh, after the surgery and I couldn't, I couldn't keep my eyes open. And, uh, so she got the whole rundown from the, from the doctor about everything that went, like went down. And when I finally came to the next day and she kind of explained it to me, um, it was pretty much, I was going to be out for a year and not, and not three months like the original plan was. And that hit me hard. Yeah. Like really hard. I thought that was it. I was going to say, were you thinking like, this is it for me? I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, yeah. I thought there, there was no way I was coming back from this. And and I uh, ate uh, enough Domino's pizza to really believe that. <laughs> <laughs> it was rough because I couldn't use one of my arms. So, and I was stuck at home all day. Uh, so, all I could do was order, order pizza. I couldn't even uh, cook anything for myself for a while. Um, pizza's good though. The pizza is good, <laughs> but I, I hit I hit rock bottom. And right before I went into the surgery too, because I figured I will just see how how everything works. I, th- I thought I was coming back, you know, within three months. Mm-hmm. I shaved, I buzzed my head, and I shaved my face. Um, and I decided that I wasn't gonna shave when I came out for when I came back to wrestle. I think in three months I'll look a whole, you know, maybe different person. It'd be, it'd be right. cool. Um, so I didn't shave anything. I buzzed when I went in, but I didn't shave anything after that. You didn't shave anything? Anything. Oh, um, poor Cherie. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I hit rock bottom. Um, I was like 335 pounds or 330 pounds. And for people, again, if people don't know, you're, you're, straight, you're straight edge. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't drink. You don't do drugs. You don't smoke. So your vice is food. Yeah. Wonderful food. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you, buddy. Yes. Um, so I blew up like a balloon because I was like 275 when I went in for surgery. So I blew up real, real fat, real fast. I had total rock bottom. And um, at some point in the recovery, uh, I just, I think I just recently watched for the second time that, that movie Fat Sick and Nearly Dead. And I uh, just decided that I wanted to give wrestling one more shot. Uh, and I wanted Ring of Honor to be my goal. 
and uh, I, that's what I wanted to do. So I did the juice fasting, the vegetable juice fasting, for uh, I think 60 days was the first time, and then 45 the second time. And I'm losing a total of, I, I think it was 90 pounds total. All together, oh, you, look like a, you look like a different yeah. yeah I remember because you would still come around, and I remember like one month to the next, you'd be like, "Jesus, what the hell happened?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't uh, it wasn't AIDS. Jesus and Crobies, something like that. Yeah, it, it was it was uh, the vegetable juice fasting. So, when did you start to formulate this uh, new character in your head that you're going to come back as? Um, I, in that time period, uh, I toyed around with, like the, the brand new bad kind of idea in my head for a mm-hmm. while um thinking i was coming back i knew i i knew i wanted to be a bad guy um i was gonna have the beard and the longer hair and uh, have a new style singlet and i wanted to be todd hansen i didn't want to be handsome johnny i just wanted to be more i wanted to embrace what i looked like right because i never had no one ever let me and uh i always wanted to be the handsome johnny so finally uh Everyone was okay with me making this transformation. So, yeah, it was in the middle. It was in the middle of that. And all I could think about was coming back because I, w- I was having such great strides with my weight loss. And then uh, towards the end of all the weight loss and the DDP yoga, I did a lot of DDP yoga. And then I, was, I found CrossFit. Hope we can get a sponsorship with DDP yoga. Oh, that'd be, be lovely. Yeah. Yep. So you, you came back and you uh, started off a chaotic. You made like a surprise return. You did one of those deals where – you were at the show, but no one. Re- they kind of kayfabed it, and no one really knew you were coming back. Yeah, I don't think anyone knew that I was. It was doing the running at the end. Yeah, you did because in reality, I think I still had uh, like three three months left before I was originally because I I, can't, I was cleared to come back a lot sooner than I was supposed to come back. I, I want to say like three or four months. So yeah, no one no one knew in the back that I was coming back. I actually for, forgot about that. that nobody knew. But yeah. yeah, no one no one knew. So you came back, and you were talking about the. Uh Right, right before you got hurt, the Ring of Honor stuff. How did that? Did was that waiting for you, or did you have to? That wasn't waiting for me at all. I would, that was yeah. a complete forgotten thought. And at the same point in time, I'd already reinvented my entire look and stuff. Right. I think someone at that point, it wasn't like real interest. It was like, oh wow, look at that match with Tommaso and this fat, handsome guy. That was kind of good. <laughs> we should we should look at it. But I'm sure it was like just kind of a passing thought. It wasn't real, like real in depth. No one from Ring of Honor actually even talked to me, so I don't. I, I don't know. Anyway, so you um, said, yeah, you said that was your goal. So how did you get back to that um, point? At that point in time, they were doing the uh, the tryout camps, right? Okay. Um. So I ended up. Uh, I was on the same one with Brian Fury. Me and Brian Fury drove down. It was actually the the week of the Boston Marathon bombing. Um. Because when me and Fury drove down, we were listening to the. Uh, all the news because they were they were capturing the last one. They had, they were they were trying to catch the the, the two of them, and they right. finally cornered the last one. So it was it was right right around there. We went to the tryout camp, uh, and I killed it. I guess. Um, <laughs> well, it's kind of like as Brian has not funny but ironic that because Brian had already kind of a little bit established with them, had made some inroads with right. them, and then heading into that top prospect tournament, you get you you, you did. I mean, the kind of the the feeling I think with like Brian and stuff was that was probably going to be Brian's spot, and then Brian broke his ankle, and then the opportunity was presented. Yeah, for I, you, I jinxed Brian. <laughs> <laughs> what you would you say break a leg or whatever? <laughs> we we did the uh, so we did that tryout camp and it went really well. And the feedback I got at the time I came back, I'm sure you guys remember I was wearing a singlet. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I still have this because I, I I was so heavy. I have like loose skin around my stomach, so right. it, it's not very flattering. So they they loved me, but they didn't like my gear. They they hated it. So uh, delirious, uh, he thought he was thinking more Native American style thing for me to wear. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> so I I took that and I I came up with what I'm wearing now, the uh, the war skirt or fupa cover whatever you want to call it <laughs> um that's that's what i laughing at that microphone brian come on <laughs> that's that's what uh, i came up with so uh i think that was april we had the tryout and in august we me and fury congo and Vinny, who were all at the same Vinny mm-hmm. marcelio were all at the same tryout camp and uh, ring of honor came to providence and we had a tv match and the winner of the four-way, four-way winner of that got a, a TV title match against Taven on like the next episode of TV. So we did that, and Fury won that, and Fury uh, wrestled Taven. Um, then but, he was hurt pretty soon after that, I think, right? Yeah. So so we went down to that show with Sonny Goodspeed, and on the way back from that, we were discussing injuries. And Fury at the time had never had a major injury. And I jinxed him because I, <laughs> I I buried him for never. You put the whammy on him. Yeah, he he he, he never had health insurance, and he had just gotten health insurance, and uh, he had never gotten hurt, uh, like seriously hurt. And I, I I jinxed him, and it was literally like two <laughs> weeks later he broke his ankle. So this was the second luckiest break <laughs> of your career. Huh? Yeah, and there's there's a there's a third one too. Um, so I I was literally the last person announced for the top prospect tournament mm-hmm. um not only was i the last person announced but all other seven competitors were announced and no one had contacted me yet really yeah that's how like i felt like last last minute <laughs> um so i got added to it and and i don't know how true this is but the guy who looked like he was gonna win um broke his leg like uh, uh, a few weeks before the tournament began and he had to pull out of the tournament. Wow, you're just making deals with the devil all over the place. Just putting <laughs> well, yeah. on people. Yeah. Sold his soul six <laughs> times over. Yeah, he seemed like the guy that they were going to push and I felt terrible for him. But I, I didn't know the whole time. Like, I thought for sure I'd lose first round the cheeseburger being the last guy who was even contacted me into the tournament. That's the way this business works, though. Like Crazy stuff like that happens, and then all of a sudden you're thrust. You know, I, I actually listened to an interview with Mike Hollow today, and the one thing Mike is very good at always talking about is, are you going to be ready when the opportunity presents itself uh, because you never know when it might present itself? And in this case, it did unexpectedly, but you were more than ready for it. 100%. I was totally ready for it. And it, it worked out well. And I don't know, maybe I just won because they thought I could have the best match with Tommaso because the winner got a match with Tommaso. I don't, right, I don't know. Right. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I was ready for it. So um, Ray Rowe was also in that tournament, yeah, right? Yeah, Ray, 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 I met Ray in the finals. Um, right. We never met before. He actually knew Biff from Texas. Oh, okay. Um, so I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know that uh, they knew each either. other. Yeah. yeah uh, their, their paths crossed in Texas. So Biff gave me the lowdown on him. So I, I knew uh, I knew about him, what his deal was. Um, and we met in the finals of the tournament, and we didn't know much like the the first day of the tournament. We didn't know who was going to win any, any of the matches until the show already started. So we didn't know who was going to win our match until <laughs> the show already started. Yeah. So uh, 
but we, we ended up having a, a, a really good match, hard hitting, like big guy match because Ray's big too. Um, and I won. That's uh, fucking right. <laughs> Whoa, I won. all right. Damn I right. Won. Uh, so how long after that did the idea come about for for War Machine? Um, they put us together, and it made so much sense because Ray, Ray and I, I are so similar. It's ridiculous, yeah. and we, we didn't know it because we didn't know each other. But we're both straight edge. Um, we both had similar issues with our careers, where injuries have held us back, or being in shape has held us back, or or whatnot. You're beautifully bearded, <laughs> may I, might I say, both of you? Yeah. So very similar, and then they put us together as a tag team. I want to say it was the next show. It yeah, because we did. Oh, so they had the idea fairly fairly quickly. Then after the top prospect tournament. Yeah, yeah, pretty much because it, we both had a singles match. Uh, I wrestled Tommaso with the TV title. He wrestled Elgin. Um, and then the next night it was TV, and they put us together. That's pretty. That's pretty quick. Yeah, uh, it was. It was real so quick. Obviously, I mean, they put you in the finals together. Put you together. Obviously, maybe they had an eye on this. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they probably had a plan for you know, this before for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for a while. And it was definitely the right decision. Yeah. Which is cool. Now, now, now we're talking. What year is this we're talking about here? 2014. So 2014. So now, I mean, we've kind of come the full gamut here now and talking about how um, you were a guy who had the door shut in your face so many times over and over. You faced uh, personal challenges, financial challenges, you know, um, family challenges, um, injury after injury girlfriend challenges yes girlfriend challenges <laughs> and yet here you are never given up 14 years at that point 13 years uh, 13 13, 13 yeah. years in the business finally getting the opportunity to step on a national stage um, with a national or an international company really because ring of honor has been overseas mm-hmm. um so i mean for the first just talk about that feeling what, what's that moment like when ring of honor says to you hey we, we want to give you your first national deal 13 years into your career. That show where uh, they put us together as a tag team right. was the same day they offered us contracts. So that was absolutely surreal to coming from where you know I came from, even Ray, where Ray came from, and, and reaching that point where this company is offering us a contract. It was just absolutely surreal. Um, yeah, I mean, that's really all I can say about it is it was, just, it was absolutely surreal. You said, I can't sign right now. I have to let a lawyer look at this. Is yeah. That kind of- <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, let me oh, – I got to reach out to well, WWE first. Well, I mean, they were, they were real cool to me too because they, they – exactly. They, they knew that uh, I had done the tryout um, six months, seven months earlier. Um, Kevin Kelly's one who kind of talked to me about it. And he said, he, you know, we know you have a relationship with WWE. Uh, so just – before you sign this, make sure you're you're okay with that, and and we'll go forward. So they were really cool about that. Um, yeah, w- that's a very cool move of them. Move yeah. of them to to at least you know give you that opportunity because I mean obviously the money mm-hmm. it's in a different stratosphere with with WWE. Yeah, but. yeah. So I guess we should backtrack and uh, how did the WWE trial come up? You did a week down in, in yeah Florida. that. Uh, so I think it was uh, four months after the Ring of Honor tryout camp. Uh, I did the first tryout at the Performance Center that they had. So it was literally the opening tryout camp that had the Performance Center. And that was literally um, – Now, was this you paid or was it by invitation? No, no invitation. Uh, it was actually thanks to Jamie. Jamie uh, – Got a wrestling owner, Jamie Jimikowski. Yeah. Uh, he, he was talking with uh, uh, Canyon and just happened to mention my name and you know just my story. His talent relations, Canyon Seaman, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just my story 
of what I, you know, how I transformed uh, the injury, coming back, the transformation, and it piqued his entrance. So he said, "Yeah, uh, send them." <laughs> that, that was it. So that, and I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, like I said, I, I came to terms when my, with my shoulder injury that I, I was never going to make it at the WWE. I just, I came to terms with that, and I was okay with that. So my goal was Ring of Honor because uh, I knew I was a good wrestler, and that's where I wanted to be. And this just happened to kind of fall in my lap. So I gave it a shot. Who was down there with you? Uh, it, was, it was quite the camp. So I think we talked earlier, Keith Lee was down there. Um, he sang, I believe I can fly. <laughs> so uh, awesome. Yeah. You sure can. Uh, the wolves were down there. Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards. Uh, Sean Burke was down there. Uh, Matt cross was there. Uh, a bunch of guys who, uh, never wrestled before as well. Right. Um, who were enormous and of course. <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Joey Ryan was there. Okay. Um, the lifeguard, Everyone called him the lifeguard. The kid from uh, the Kryptonite. No, the kid from no. Upstate. I am, I am uh, shit factor. <laughs> <laughs> the, the kid from Upstate New York does the. Uh, yeah, well, doesn't matter. Oh, Vince Vince Beach. Vince Beach. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he, I, I give you a little story about Vince Beach from from this, and I never told him this. So if, if he's listening, sorry, buddy. Hopefully he's listening. So we did. We had double sessions the first day. And uh, they had packets with all of our pictures in it, names and, and like profiles and stuff. So um, people like Gerald Briscoe could know who we were. Otherwise, right. he'd have no idea and, <laughs> and wouldn't be able to remember. So um, they had their packets. And it was double session the first day. We did the first session, came back, did all of our stretching stuff in the ring, bridges and warm-ups and stuff like that. So I won't say, I won't say whose packet was open, but there was a packet that was open on the ring that I was at while we were warming up. And it was open to Vince Beach's page. And Vince Beach had a giant X through his face with Sharpie. Oh, <laughs> goodness gracious. That's terrible. <laughs> it was the first day? First day. Oh, and boy. It, maybe that meant good. Maybe that meant like, <laughs> yes, to X this guy. the spot? And I, yeah. I, I felt so bad for him, too, because... And I've never wrestled him or even seen him have a, have a full match before. So I don't really... I can't really judge his, his wrestling. But... Um, he was the first guy in line for every drill. Everyone had a number, and he they, they randomly gave him number one. So he had to start every single drill that we did. So he was like, he was doomed from the beginning. Like there was there was no like right. that's a lot of pressure to have to be the first guy to get in the ring every single time and start every drill. Poor kid. Yeah, big yeah. Giant, it's, big, it's always good to see. He what, was see dead in the water. Happening. Had to spend a whole week yeah. there yes. with no hope. So what were the days like uh, for the camp? Um, first day was double session and it was a lot of just, uh, he did all the warm ups and stuff, push ups, squats, bridges. Um, and then you do all the drills, which are just normal drills, uh, regal rolls and a lot of things are changed now because DeMott was in charge then and now, uh, Matt Bloom is in charge. Yes. But yeah, it was a lot of rolls, uh, hitting the ropes, uh, crisscrosses. Um, up and overs in the corner, just like basic wrestling stuff. And, uh, cause a lot of guys who come there who are trained have bad habits. So they're trying to teach you their way. So they want to see if you're coachable pretty much. Mm-hmm. So if you suck at something or they think you suck at something, they want to know that they can tell you how to fix it and then you fix it or at least make that effort to fix it. And then they want to put you through hell to see if, you know, test your, 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 your brain to see if you're a quitter. 
So they, they put you through all sorts of push-ups and uh, like grape squishers in the corner, which were just you, you hold the top rope and you do high knees. Your knees have to go over the, the, the second turnbuckle. And you just keep going until you drop. Yeah, if you can't hack this, and they're not going to sign you because you're not going to be able to hack life Ex- exa- on the road. <laughs> exactly. They just, they want to see uh, what you're made of. Did you do squats on the top rope? Uh, no. I'd, I'd seen that as one of Demat's uh, things squats that he would on do. the top rope. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's pretty heroic. But no, I, I we, oh, okay. we, we did not do that. I think if I ever went to a trial, they told me to do squats on the top rope. I'd be like, well, it was nice. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I'll see you later. And then the next day, we did the same thing: the drills and stuff. Uh, had matches. Uh, I was the me and uh, Aaron Solo. Uh, okay, I've heard the name. Yeah. Um, we had the first like call in the ring match. Boy, would Dijak be mad? Call it in the ring match. Yeah. Uh, inside joke. <laughs> <laughs> Not that inside. <laughs> we had a call it in the ring match. Uh, me and me and Aaron, and uh, that wasn't bad. Got, got the critique I thought we we're gonna get, especially from Jr. Um, it's rough though when you have to get in the ring with somebody you've never met before. And then, like, me knowing, having a good idea of, of what they're going to be looking for, and him not so much. And then when the match is over with, and we get critique, it's like, oh, well, if we had called this beforehand, <laughs> probably wouldn't have happened that way. <laughs> so it was, it was one of those, well, that was not so terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> the famous, the yes, famous line. <laughs> Todd Hansen. <laughs> Backhanded comp. <laughs> I didn't want to kill myself. <laughs> yeah, I had one of those matches. <laughs> and then when we did we did the call in the ring matches, uh, I was close to the cut to not get one of those. And I remember it was like the last match they're picking, and they picked Sean Burke. And I kind of like took a step. Like <laughs> I'm in line, and Bill DeMott's looking. Like, I kind of <laughs> took a step forward, and then <laughs> Bill DeMott picked me. <laughs> yes. Uh, figured he'd have a soft spot in his heart for an he, athletic, athletic big man. He, uh, he and he did. He did actually. When he talked to me like like the, towards the end of the camp and stuff. He did, and then he got fired. So that worked out real well for me. Just like, <laughs> just like Jamie Noble at TV used to love all the all the all the little midgets. <laughs> yes, yes. He oh did. come on now. So um, yeah, the, the the next series of matches you got to call them ahead of time. And uh, I don't know we were like the fourth match, and the three matches in front of us got the whistle blown in the middle of it. So in my head, like they didn't even finish. Right. So in my head, one of them, I don't know who it was. It was a little like a jacked up, gassed up Arabic kid. Uh, who was like 19 and some other guy. And he, they started like fighting in the ring. And DeMott blew his whistle. And DeMott's like, what? what's going on here? And, and the little jacked up Arabic kid goes, he won't let me get my shit in. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I, yeah, I wish the, fan, the people on the could see it because I literally did this. He's taking he's taking his beard and covering his mouth <laughs> while I laugh. Uh, but but oh, he he blew whistles uh, for the like, first three or four matches. So when me and Burke got in the ring, I'm like, the goal is to just not get the whistle blown. Let's just make it through the match. So right. we were we were the first match that did not get the whistle blown. It was a pretty damn good I, feeling. I, I, I was I was pretty proud, but uh, but it was a At real that point. Todd's like. Pfft. Just got a contract. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and we did promos. That's where Keith Lee saying, "I believe I can fly." I <laughs> recently rode with Keith, and I got to remind him of all the ridiculous things that happened on that. I, I recently we talked. We were talking about it kind of off air, but I recently came a- across Keith Lee. He was a freak athlete, like tremendous athlete. So, 
So he was there, and he's saying, I believe I can fly. That was awesome. And then he just recently attacked you. <laughs> he did. Son of a bitch. He did. Jesus. He's, Son of a bitch, Keith Lee. He, he's very strong. <laughs> um, so how did that how did that week end for you? How did you feel coming out of that? Uh, I, I felt really good. And I went down there uh, in my brain, and, and it's really all it is. And I wish I thought of this years ago, but it's just a casting call is all it is. You go down there, and if you fit a certain mold that they're looking for, right. then they're going to sign you. And I mean, I always think back to Kofi. I was just going to say that, yeah. Kofi never would have got signed if he didn't do his Jamaican character. And Dean Malenko didn't happen to remember that Paul Heyman had mentioned once that he wanted the Jamaican character for ECW. If that if there was no connection, if that wasn't there, right. Kofi may have never gotten signed. It's all about, aside from just being good and being prepared, having a good look, it's all about right place, right time, right situation, you know. Just because you're all of those things doesn't mean they have a role for you, but that doesn't mean they won't have a role for you six months, a year, two years down the road. They might never, but it really is right place, right time, right situation. So uh, unless you're like some sort of like six, seven, yeah, jacked up freak, something right. I think they can mold into something special. So I mean, he he said the same thing to Eddie Edwards too. Like he said to Eddie Edwards that you know we have we have ten, twelve, six foot white guys. I don't know if it's in the cards right now for you. He said to me, if we're looking for an Icelandic warrior, then we know who to call. Or a Wyatt. <laughs> or, or, or a Wyatt. He didn't say that. But yeah, but they had already, they had just signed that Braun, whatever his name Stroman, is. Yeah. yeah. He had just gotten down there. So I figured I wasn't getting signed just because he was there. <laughs> <laughs> what did he need me for? So yeah, that's that's. I felt good about it. It's if they need an Icelandic warrior, then they know who to call. Right. So I didn't. And we all got, you get an email after the tryout. Um, to let you know whether to quit the business <laughs> or, or if, if they'd be interested down the road. And I got one of the ones, uh, you know, t- today, th- this time isn't the time, but we're definitely interested in you. And they actually sent you uh, quotes from the trainers uh, of things they said about you. I don't remember 100% what mine were. I'll have to look it up. But uh, there's nothing negative. It was all good feedback. Which, I mean, which is good because then now, you know, we'd already talked about the Ring of Honor stuff. But I think one thing um, – you know that we that I think it's kind of known WWE likes is now is guys to go out and make themselves elsewhere if they're not they're not with WWE right um, there's something to be said for um, persevering getting that door shut in your face and not being a crybaby about it <laughs> and going out and saying well shit I'll go to do this Ring of Honor and you know makes me think of uh, Fred Sampson how many times he was an extra at TV at TV <laughs> Fred, the, years we used to go years. to TV with Fred Sampson who's Darren Young now and like all the boys knew knew him he was like on first name basis with everybody, <laughs> everybody back there yeah. he's a security more often than Tony Omega yes, he was yes. just uh, like six times a year he would be there but yeah he just kept going and kept going and finally I don't know something opened up and he was in there so fast forwarding back to Ring of Honor you you were uh, something going really good with uh, with Ray Rowe in War Machine. It yeah. seemed like you were heading toward the tag titles. Yeah, we, we just had a big match in Philly with the Briscoes. Like, big match. Like, it ended in no DQ. Briscoes are the measuring stick of Ring of Honor. Um, so there was no no winner. Like, like we went through a table. Like, it was a, it was a big... Right. And that was, that was our big, like, breakout match because we hadn't wrestled anybody yet. And we wrestled, you know, the measuring stick for tag team wrestling in uh, Ring of Honor with the Briscoes. Went to a no contest. So This was in Philly? This was in oh, Philly. So like, a notoriously tough... Yeah, crowd as well. and the crowd was with us. Mm-hmm. And then Ray texted me two days later a selfie 
uh, in a neck brace with a cut above his eye. I thought it was a rib. Ray decided to try to eat a car with his face. <laughs> it is a motorcycle accident, correct? <laughs> oh, that's right. A motorcycle okay. accident. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? Hey, don't give the story away. Maybe uh, if we know somebody who knows Ray Rowe, maybe he could come on the wrestling podcast about nothing sometime. That's, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's You never know. You never know. So, yeah, it seemed like uh, you were destined for the tag titles at that time, and then that kind of was... Again, ripped from you yeah, before. Yeah, we were obviously starting some sort of a build towards the tag titles, obviously. At least we hoped the tag titles. And then uh, and then Ray had the motorcycle accident, which he really legit should have died. And I won't go into details for that because Ray will probably be on your show and he'll be able to go into detail. Or you can buy his DVD, which he tries to sell all the time, his documentary, um, which is really good. So if you haven't so seen it's called he, The Path? Is that yeah. what it's called? Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing that he didn't die, especially because he didn't have a helmet on. Oh um, Jesus! Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's very, very, very lucky. Um, so uh, obviously, I was terrified that Ray ruined my career. Just <laughs> <laughs> berating him in texts. Yeah, yeah, I was yelling at him. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You've ruined was, my life. It was like when one of the Bella twins told the other one that she wished she died in the womb. <laughs> oh my god! Just like that. <laughs> oh my god! That happened. Yeah, I, I, I'm aware. I'm aware. I, I try to black it out, but but um, both both Ray and I didn't know what. What was going to happen at that point? Because he was out. He was under contract, but he couldn't wrestle. He couldn't do anything. He didn't have the income coming in. And we were a tag team. Uh, I didn't know what Ring of Honor would find uh, with value with me. You know, right. all, all their plans were going to be tag team stuff. I didn't know. I knew that I needed to do something to hopefully keep us alive so that when Ray came back, we'd, we'd still you know be have, in, have yeah. interest in us. Um, and I just didn't know, you know what were in our cards. And Ring of Honor was really good to Ray and told him, you know, whenever he's ready to come back and the spot's open for him. And then they just kind of threw me to the wolves to see how I could do in singles. Yeah, you had a, a number of, like, pretty high-profile matches. I remember one was uh, AJ Styles. Yeah. And it was um, like, set, or set the internet, like, on, on fire this match. I remember reading Buzz about it on Twitter. Yeah, I remember getting an email. Um from uh, the head booker ring of honor and he's like hey do you think you could have a good match with aj styles <laughs> <laughs> yes please god yes please no no i don't think so it's like the goldberg t-shirt situation again <laughs> no i don't think so <laughs> um so i done uh, some single stuff and and uh they, the matches have been going really well and i don't know if people were expecting them to go real well and they were going real well like with uh Roger strong and adam cole um, and then the AJ Styles thing was thrown in my lap, and it was it was pretty much sink or swim. I think it was for ROH TV. It was in Lakeland, Florida, uh, main event for TV, and it it was awesome. It was it did set the internet on fire because people didn't expect me to be able to number one, let alone hang with AJ Styles, but to be able to do some of the things that I did in the match. They just because no one had really seen me at that point in time, so it was uh, that is the match that actually put eyes on me. For people to see what I could do. Right. So Ray did come back eventually. It was a long road for him. So eventually you did get a, a shot at the tag titles. And do you want to talk about that? Yeah. It was uh, Final Battle in Philly again. Philly was like the ma- a major city for us. Philly is uh, is where we had our last match before we got hurt. And then Philly was we had our uh, our major 
uh, tag match with the the Kingdom to set up going into the actual tag title match against the Kingdom in Final Battle. So Philly was kind of big for us, and uh, the the it's live on pay per view and uh, probably the second move of the match, Taven blew his knee out completely. So we just we just steamrolled him. He's still currently out with that injury. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that yeah, it was a really a end up being a really quick match. Yeah, yeah. we were excited because it was gonna be our first time, uh, really our first time to be showcased in a high profile match. We done a lot of squashes or a lot of matches where we steamrolled guys, and this was gonna be our first one that had time that we were able to show you know what War Machine can do, and it was over in, in two three minutes. Well, but one kind of cool thing about this is now you're culminating now you're actually like one half of a world championship tag team but again your life and your career coming full circle because Mike Bennett is a guy who when we started working uh, a, a very small promotion back at the beginning of our careers was right there with us ba- back when he was uh, originally the miracle <laughs> and then Matt Taven did you not have a backyard wrestling promotion Uh-oh. feud uh-huh. with, with Matt Taven's yeah. backyard promotion yeah. so. listen to Biff and Ted's excellent podcast adventure for <laughs> yes. Uh, tales in the backyard wrestling. Yeah, so. it, it's been really cool to wrestle Taven uh, just around. I mean, been around the world um, to know that we both came from the same high school and and we had our own little backyard feds there. We had like one crossover uh, promotional interpromotional <laughs> match, um, and then you know, fifteen, fourteen years later, fifteen years later. We're live on pay-per-view wrestling for the World Tag Team Championships, yeah, and that's so very, that's very cool. cool when that stuff kind of life is life is weird. We we talked about it that day, just how how really cool that was. So now I mean now you're doing like you know, and and we're going way long here, but this yeah, has been, this has been a great story. This is we, like, we have a two part here. Uh, yeah, and I and I don't know how deep other again. I think the one thing that that with us having you on our podcast is that we freaking have known you for forever, so yeah. we can get into some things that people don't even know to ask you. Exactly. Um, but now, um, you're doing things like you're going to Europe. Uh, you've been to Japan. Maybe making inroads of going back to Japan. I mean. Just talk about it. Talk about what it means, what it, what it's like to to do this, and and now live this life that literally, when you were a boy and you saw, uh, we didn't get into it, but you saw the one two three kid defeat Razor Ramon. This is the life you've kind of dreamt of, and now living it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's really hard to put in the words. So I get a little tattoo. Oh, oh yeah. look at that! Huh? I did see that on. Uh, yeah, I saw it online. It's uh, in person. It's, the, it's lovely. Describe it. Describe the tattoo. Well, the tattoo is just the flags of of the countries that I've, I've wrestled. Uh, so Canada, USA, uh, Japan, and, and England. And the goal or the idea is to keep filling up my leg. Uh, just wrap it right around. Yep. Yeah, and just keep going. And hopefully, we got Ireland lined up. Um, Maybe uh, maybe Mexico this year, maybe Germany. We're trying trying to get places, so so we'll see. Me, me and Ray, but it's just it's hard to put into words what it means because, uh, especially with the journey, it wasn't like I think when I started it because uh, you, you're so naive. You're like, all right, I'm going to start training to be a wrestler, and I'm going to be in WWE in two hey, years. Like two minutes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then to go on the roller coaster that I have, you know, from <laughs> handsome Johnny Blue dumping everyone to a gym to uh, going with Arch and the train train bike and the the rise everybody and homeless Johnny and 
five hundred squats <laughs> with, right. with, with hollow and I mean, so I mean, it's a John Cena T-shirt now, but it's in one of his models. But literally, never, never give up, and you never, yeah. you never did give up. And I mean, and then we joked that you know, because I mean, again, you're our buddy and stuff. We've known you forever, but you really are have become a guy who can call yourself an international wrestling star there are people all over this world now who have paid a ticket to see you wrestle and i know that's got to be just humbling and awesome and all sorts of different things yeah and me and ray make sure like every tour that we've done just to like pause and say we're in japan right now (laughs) somebody paid for us to fly over here and they're paying us to fake fight other men in spandex <laughs> right now, which just happens to be our dream. But that's happening in Japan right now or in England or in Canada or in Las Vegas or in Lakeland, Florida or Minnesota. Or Take, taking you places you never would have gone in your life yeah. if it weren't for this business. And not only that, you can paid to do it. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. I can tell you right now, I would never go to Columbus, Ohio, ever. <laughs> and and I've been there to wrestle. I drove there before. And that's awesome. It's a long, terrible drive <laughs> to, to Columbus, Ohio. But, Isn't but, there a famous like Roddy Piper, Piper's Pit, talking to a fella from uh, from Columbus, Ohio? I don't remember it's, on, it's on a DVD. Watch no? the Piper DVD. Yeah, but it, it's, it's cool and it's surreal and it, it's hard to put into words, but it's the greatest feeling in the world. Just being on the road and and doing what you've always dreamt of doing, and then you get—I mean, just—I mean, so you know, again, being one of my close friends in wrestling, you're familiar with my family. My my little girl is four years old. She likes coming to the shows. She sees Warbeard at the shows, and then I remember the first time I showed her, showed her, you know, you to her on TV. She's blown away by it, but <laughs> that's like cool. that type of stuff is that's like cool, yeah. that's the you know it's the, that's what it's all about. I mean, here, so in, in her eyes I'm, now, you've gone from like, oh, this is my dad's dumb friend that he wrestles <laughs> with, or that's been to our house to watch wrestling. To, ooh, he's on TV, like you know, that's like the so other cool. wrestlers. You that's, know, that's so cool. Yeah, but she doesn't like you though. She told me that today. Yeah, when n- I told her I was neither does Alex. You. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm used to that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> with your family. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we're coming. We're obviously starting to wrap up here. But is there anything you want to plug? Any appearances? Any? Uh, we talked about you have a prowrestlingtees dot com store. Um, I do have prowrestlingtees dot com. It's Warbeard Hansen. Uh, I don't know what the actual address is for, but it's sure easy. I think it's slash Warbeard. Yeah. Hansen. Yeah. There's a Beard is War shirt with the Raw is War logo, and there's a Warbeard Hansen. Uh, like What's going on right after this interview to buy one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you better. Um, and then obviously Twitter and uh, Instagram is at Warbeard Hansen. No slashes or underscores. All just one run-on word. And those are the best places to reach me. Cool, man. Plenty of Ring of Honor stuff coming up. We're looking to go to England hopefully again this summer. Uh, so just keep uh, keep watching us on social media, and you'll you'll find us War Machine. ROHWrestling.com. You can get a free ringside membership and watch the uh, TV show every week. Every week. And there's a pay per view coming up. There is a pay per view coming up. It is uh, the end of the month on June 24th, and then there's TV uh, taping June 25th. That's in Concord. Is that on the Fight TV app? On the Fight TV. It is on the Fight TV app. That's uh, F I T E. An easy way to see it, or just 
watch it. You can watch it from the Ring of Honor website, which is easy as well, or you can just get it from your TV. Traditional pay per view. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think I mean I can probably speak for Mike a little bit, but uh, to talk about your journey, also be a part of your journey. It's so cool when you see not I mean because you, you come across a lot of people in this business, but very few friends. And I think both of us consider you a, a true blue friend. And to see true your, blue, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like but to that see too. your friends uh, and again knowing your journey, know what you've been through, witnessing what you've been through, and to see you now finally getting the recognition that you freaking deserve. Like it's very cool, and 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 I'll let Mike speak for himself, but I personally couldn't be, you know, happier for you. I'm proud of you, and and uh, you know, keep it up, man. Keep freaking dominating the world right now. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. It's just so tremendous. Like when I heard that you were going full time and uh, doing this crazy wrestling thing, and nothing else. And that's that's the dream right there. So I'm paying my bills wrestling. That's- that's so cool. <laughs> I just want to leave you with this about your about your girlfriend, uh, Warbeard. Uh-oh. She was mine before she was yours. <laughs> holy, holy Toledo. And that's for another podcast. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to get right out of here. Right. Thanks so much, Todd, for, Thanks. Uh, for Thanks, coming Kevin. on. I appreciate it. All right. There it is. An amazing journey. And now you can find him on Monday Night Raw every week. Amazing. Please be sure to visit the WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com. Yes, it still exists. And you can go there for all the ways to stay in contact with us. Us being Mike Crockett, Brian Malonis, Brian Fury, and who knows, maybe one of those guys will show up here one day. Anyway, let us know what you think on social media. And we'll be back next time for another classic WPAN interview. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing.